Marketing Made Easy, the podcast. Now here are your hosts from Get Savvy Club, Anna Geary and Anita Baldwin. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Marketing Made Easy from the Get Savvy Club. Anna Geary and Anita Baldwin here. Hi Anita, how are you doing today? Good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm really good. Thank you very much. So good today, to great. I am. You're, you're what? Good to great. Good to great. Good to great. What are your different parameters? Shit to good, good to great, awesome. <laughs> Just really one, 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 one of them chart things, one of them. Is that what you call them? Barometer. Swingometer. Yeah, like swingometer. When they do the uh, election. Yeah. I'm going to create one of those for you. Where are you? Shit, shit, shit to good, good, good to great, to great. Awesome. awesome. Oh, just three little brackets there. That's good. Yeah, so today we have a um, guest called Mark Schaffner. I think that's how you pronounce Schaefer. it. Schaefer. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I threw uh, Anita under the bus a bit. I thought, you can introduce him this time. And you went, oh, I don't know how to say his name. So I thought, it's not just me that can't pronounce people's names. It's you as well. So it's quite an interesting chat, interesting guy, old school marketer. He's done marketing for years, hasn't he, from the, the corporate days and through. And I think at one point, I think he's massive. You actually called him out and he massively overcomplicated. Let us know what you think anyway, you podcast listeners, because at one point he really complicated something, didn't he? I'm I'm a simple person and I'm quite a black and white person, mm-hmm. which is why I struggle to flower things up and often can come mm. across as a little bit blunt, blunt, let's say. So, but I like things in simple terms because I just sometimes I just don't get it. People say words to me and I think well, I still don't get what you're actually talking about. And I think the penny dropped when he was talking about something and I suddenly thought, oh, this is what he actually means. And to me, I simplify things and go, right, this is what it is. But to somebody else, maybe that makes perfect sense. Um, So yeah, be interested. Have a listen, see what you think and let us know. Let's get into it. If you're enjoying Marketing Made Easy, the podcast from Get Savvy Club, use your podcast app to rate, review and subscribe. Today, we've got the fabulous Mark Schaefer with us. Um, So hi, Mark. Do you want to tell us and our listeners a little bit more about who you are, what you do and how you add value to the world? Yeah, well, I uh, worked in the corporate world for many years and started my own business about uh, 14 years ago now. Started consulting, teaching, and of course, um, social media was really exploding at that time and becoming a mainstream marketing idea. So I immersed myself in social media and uh, started a blog. And the blog led to invitations to write books. I've written nine books. Wow. And a lot of a lot of people know me, you know, best for my blog and my books. And I have a podcast called The Marketing Companion. And so I'm a speaker. I'm a consultant. As far as how I add value to the world, I think I'm probably known for being honest and um, unafraid to say what needs to be said in the marketing world. That's kind of what we need these days. So marketing is a broad specialism, isn't it? Getting broad by the day. So what do you specialize in? What do you achieve for your clients? I mean, I'm not really uh, necessarily a specialist. My, my, I guess it would be marketing strategy. Is uh, That seems to be my, my gift, is that I can see how trends come together. A lot of people just get immersed in what's happening today Uh, They get preoccupied with what's going on in the world today. And I can kind of see how trends come together and see where we need to be. So that's where I'm often brought in is to help companies with strategy. You know, I study social media. I study content marketing. I've written books on, on influence marketing and personal branding. So I get pulled into all those areas. Strategy is where a lot of people struggle, isn't it? Because a lot of them mm. are like down in the detail, knee-jerking, 
knee-jerk reacting to what's going on and not ever taking that. It's hard to take that step back and go, okay, let's have a look at how our business fits in with the framework of society and where we want to take it and then, you know, what our plans are to get there. When you worked in corporate, what did you do in corporate? I was in marketing for many, many years. In my last job, I was the, the global director of e-business for a Fortune 100 company. So what made you give all that? I mean, I'm imagining you're on a nice salary with some great perks. So what made you think, oh, I'm going to go self-employed? My company wanted to move me to Switzerland. And uh, <laughs> I saw go in a heartbeat. <laughs> I had met the woman I was going to marry, and she um... didn't want to go to Switzerland. <laughs> And so, you know, I thought it was time to do something else. And, uh, uh, you know, I was in a good position to try something else. And, and so I started my own business and it's been great. So do you work with mainly large businesses or uh, do you also work with smaller businesses? Mostly with large businesses. I worked with Dell for many years, uh, Microsoft. In America, we say Adidas, but in Europe, Adidas. Adidas. Uh, uh, yeah, I've, I've, yeah, so I've worked with... Uh, a lot of big companies. I've worked with you know, Johnson and Johnson and Pfizer and Merck and. So the industry uh, doesn't matter to you. No, not so much. Not so much. I find that marketing strategy is is pretty transferable. The basic ideas of marketing strategy are pretty transferable. The only industry I've completely turned down is gaming because it's just it's, it's not it, it's not in my element whatsoever i think the audience for gaming the dynamics of gaming is just you know out of reach for me it's just so completely different that i've I've turned down opportunities to do consulting in the gaming in the gaming business. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, yeah, I don't get it. Why well, spend all your time doing it? <laughs> so if you can't even get it yourself, it'd be difficult to come up with a marketing strategy, wouldn't it? Yeah, if you're yeah. so far removed from the ideal client that they're trying to target. And they begged me to do it. I mean, they begged me to do it. You know, I said, uh, you know, I, did, I, I you know, I, I'm honored and I'm flattered, but I just, you know, I'm just not comfortable. And they said, oh, well, you know, you work with Dell and you work with, Microsoft, that's just, we're just software. I said, nah, it's just, mm, it's, not it's, the same. It's, it's so different that I, 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 I wouldn't be comfortable doing it. Well, because I've always been in marketing and what I love about marketing is for me, it's like a puzzle. So it's like you've got this product and you've got that bunch of people and what are the words and the, the methods you can use to make them want that? And it's just like a challenge and a puzzle and you can tweak it and all of that. And that's what I love, the challenge about it and the ongoingness of it. So Anna and I always say that the, the principles of marketing don't change. The language changes, the terminology, you know, gets updated, but the fundamental principles of marketing don't really change. And I think that small businesses who like will be listening to this can learn a lot from how big businesses do it. And I think they almost got an advantage over them these days with social media because it's about you being your business and having that personality and, and the larger businesses are struggling to show that personality. So what are the things that you kind of, the fundamentals that you start with for a big business that can also be applied to, to everyday smaller businesses? Well, I agree with you that today, I think small businesses have a huge advantage over big businesses. And I've written about that extensively in my book, Marketing Rebellion. And the subtitle is the most human company wins. And that's the key right there, is that if you think about how commerce has been done throughout history, this idea of mass 
advertising and marketing, it occupies a relatively small space on that scale. And let me just tell you about an experience I had. I visited a city where I grew up called Pittsburgh, and, and they have this market area there. And they had this big store, and they had this big case that was probably 30 feet long, filled with cheese and smoked meats. And it was an old, up at the store had been there for 75 or 80 years. And these people came in who live in the neighborhood, and they talked to the people, and, they, and the people behind the counter knew everybody. And they said, oh, how's Johnny? Oh, we have a little bit of spe something special. We got this new product in. I think he's going to like it. Take this home with you. And I stood there and I felt so sad that I didn't belong there. I wanted to belong there. I wanted the person behind the counter to know me and give me something a little special to go home. And I think that's in our DNA, I think that has never gone away, despite social media and technology and all this. Because you could take that, can't you? On like um, doing Facebook Lives, for example. So you do a Facebook Live, and a chunk of people like jump on, and yeah. those people that you just mentioned while you're doing your Facebook Live do feel so much more special than the ones that don't get mentioned because. You say you know them. Actually, we did a live earlier. And we do a different podcast episodes. We do these, which are the guest ones. And we have quickie episodes, which is like 10 minutes of us giving some value and like a tip or, or something like that. So they're, they're short, shorter ones. And while we were doing that, there was like three of our clients like popped onto that at the same time. And we kind of was like, oh, yeah, so Miriam has this issue. And actually that happened with Paul. And, and you just do that naturally. But now you've just said that there. That's exactly the same thing. That's the whole thing you see going on with like Peloton, right? I mean, the instructors give shout outs to people who are doing their 200th ride or whatever, and people go crazy and they post it all over social media, which is exactly what Peloton wants you to do yeah. because today the customer is the marketer, right? Nobody listens to our marketing. Nobody believes our marketing. We believe each other. Hmm. I mean, marketing today is creating something so emotional, so unmissable, so interesting that people can't wait to share it with others because that's what people uh, believe. So I think this idea of connecting to your customers in really an emotional way, in a human way, it's not just the future, it's what's happening right now. And you're right, big companies are struggling to do that. It's so easy now to go and find out what other people think of the thing you're contemplating buying. And it's almost, it's the first thing I do. If I'm, you know, I'll do a Google search for something, I'll find the product I want and I'll go, well, I've never heard of the company offering it. So I'll just do a search for reviews of them. And that's the first thing I do. And if they're bad reviews, I won't buy from them. And if they're good reviews, then I will. So you're right that the um, the customers are, are the marketers and all you have to do is look after your customer and they'll find more for you. What I said to myself, if I go to the gym every day in January, then I can buy myself a new work workout outfit because I usually do it the other way around. I get all the gear, no idea. So I go and buy, I think I'm going to, I'm going to get back on the fitness and I'll buy all the new stuff and then like, oh, I have to go and do the work. So I was making myself do it the other way around. So I went to the gym every day in January and then I thought, right, I'm going to get some new workout gear. But I've had the same workout gear for forever. So I put a post on Facebook just literally saying, right, I went to the gym every day in January. I'm going to buy myself a new outfit. Um, what do you recommend? And so many people, the exact same. There's a company called Riderwear. I'd never even heard of it. So quite a few people have put that there. Sweaty Betty, I know that one. But the point is, I'm like, 
looking to them for ideas exactly what you said there it works both ways doesn't it a bad experience and we're far more likely to talk about our bad experiences as well um because you get you know that anger and that keyboard warrior and that goes out as well and can you know make or break businesses which i love i love the power of the little people i love that and i think that social media has absolutely leveled the playing field for small businesses you know i've worked in large businesses i've had millions of pounds of budgets and i'm achieving as much for the small business with no money as i was in those days mark you You've got nine books. Which one's your favourite? Well, um, where do we start? Yeah, we're, well, okay. I mean, a lot of people have told me that the last three books I've written sort of create a set and that every entrepreneur should read those three books because then you'll know what, what marketing is. I would start with Known. I wrote a book called Known, which is the best-selling book on personal branding. And it's for the reasons we're talking about today. Increasingly, the person is the brand, right? If you're a small business, you're the brand. You set the tone. You're the face of the business. So how do you do that in a systematic way? So that's known. The next book is Marketing Rebellion. Marketing Rebellion is a wake-up call that shows marketing doesn't work like it used to. And the biggest problem for big businesses and small businesses is that we start getting into a marketing groove where we just start, you know, every year we want to do a little bit better than last year. We want to do a little bit better with our Facebook ads. We want to do a little bit better with our SEO. Meanwhile, our customers have the accumulated knowledge of the human race in the palm of their hands, and they've moved over here, right? They've taken a quantum leap away from us. They have a whole new expectation of what they want from our companies and from our marketing. And we're out of touch, we're asleep. And so this is a wake up call to say, this is the way the world is really working today. You've gotta make that quantum leap and, and kind of blow up what you're doing and look at what's really happening today. Then the, my latest book is called Cumulative Advantage. It's about momentum. So the biggest problem we face in this world of overwhelming information density how are you heard? How can you be found? How can you stand out? And again, the old ways don't work like they used to. I mean, you know, writing a blog or something like that, maybe that worked five or six years ago, but chances are it's not going to work as well today. Even social media doesn't work like it used right. to. So if you're sort of plateauing and feeling like you're stuck, how do you create momentum? And as a matter of fact, there's a science behind momentum. And the thing I think that's a lot of fun about this book is that once you sort of learn how it works, you see the world in a new way. You see, oh, yes, I see how that is becoming successful because it's following the steps of momentum. And, and this, the steps that create momentum are accessible to anybody. You don't need money. You don't need, a, you know, a big college degree. You just need to understand how momentum works in the world, and then you just start seeing the world in a new way. What are some of those steps then? I think the, the, the way momentum begins is really looking at what are your advantages. So a lot of times people say, look, I'm falling behind. I'm not relevant anymore. I've got to take a new class. I need to go to a conference or, you know, I need to get to learn more. I need to get to a new level. Right. And that's fine. Everybody needs to do that. But there's another way 
to keep momentum going and become relevant that a lot of people overlook. And that's looking at what are your core competencies? What makes you special? What makes you unique? Is it a location? Is it a brand? Is it an idea? Is it connections? Is it whatever? And then how do you apply that to a shift going on in the world today? So, and the the opportunity we have is that we have the biggest fracture in the status quo in arguably in the history of the world is called a pandemic. So everything is being renegotiated, how we work, where we work, when we work, how we learn, how we date, how we entertain ourselves, how we teach, how we travel, everything is being changed. And our consumers are changing in millions of ways, large and small. And every one of those shifts represents a new unmet or underserved opportunity. It's, a, it's called a seam. It's a fracture in the status quo. How do you apply what you do well to these fractures? How do you level up and meet these underserved or unmet customer needs? That's the main way really to create momentum today. Yeah, sounds, sounds challenging. Well, I mean, it, it, you just have to be aware of what's going on in the world. I mean, I'll give you a small example. So when the pandemic hit, I was an early adopter. I mean, I got sick in, in March of 2020. I was sick for about a month. And when I kind of got out of my haze, my business had gone to zero. I mean, I'm a professional speaker. Everything got canceled, mm. right? My college classes that I teach got canceled. My consulting got canceled. Even my book sales took a drop. My business went to zero. So I was sort of disoriented for a few days. And then I started to think about, all right, what is my advantage? What do I do? I am a teacher, but the world is in this chaos. The world needs me to teach something else right now. So I stopped writing about marketing. I started writing and talking about how do we handle anxiety? How do we handle you know this disorientation? How do we handle this uncertainty of what's going to happen next? So I started writing about that, talking about it. People started saying, you know, this is the best advice I've had during this whole period. Traffic to my website doubled. I took this content, made it into an ebook, gave it away for free. The last page of the ebook said, if you lo loved the advice in this ebook, think how much you're going to love Mark Schaefer's new talk called Fight to the Other Side to Spice Up Your Boring Company Zoom Calls. By July and August, I was having record months. That is exactly what I'm talking about, right? I didn't invent something new. I just took my core competency and applied it to a new problem in the world, right? The people were having these terrible Zoom calls. Everybody was depressed and they needed someone to come in and ignite people and give them hope. So and, seeing that and, opportunity, isn't it? Seeing where yeah. you can fit into this crazy world right. that you live and, in and this, right and, now. And, you know, I, I predicted at that time that we would have more startups in America than any time in history. And that has been true because yeah. you know, we've had so many changes. Those are all opportunities to serve people in a new way yeah there's always more millionaires made during recession isn't there than during mm -hmm. boom uh, but it's interesting so i think what you're talking about is being customer centric which is like a you know a, a, like wanky for want of a better word marketing term but i think what happens when you're not um into marketing is you you talk about what you do because it's what you know and you kind of talk about that and you hope people understand how that might 
affect them and why it might be good for them. And actually looking at things from a truly customer point of view, looking at where the gaps are, what their needs are, and then applying what you do to tell them how you're filling those needs. That's how to, to market yourself, isn't it? And I think kind of that's what you're saying in a, in a complicated way really it's it's about it's, it's making me think of those people that they know what they want to go out and give to mm. the world rather than what the world actually needs like you know and actually sometimes like, it's massively valuable isn't it yes. you know i'm not decrying them it's just all about like i said at the start it's a puzzle isn't it how do you frame what you do in a way that make people a understand it and b want it design yeah it? i mean it's, it's really not that complicated i mean i don't really think marketing is that complicated i think people you know make it over complicated i mean usually you've only got so many cards you can play you've got so you've got certain competitors you've got certain customers and if you're the leader in the market, you act a certain way. If you're number two, you act a certain way. If you're a disruptor, you act a certain way. And there's a playbook for those things, right? Are there high entry barriers? You act a certain way. Are there low entry barriers? You act a certain way. Do you have a powerful brand? Okay. No, nobody has heard of me before. So there are playbooks depending on where you fit you know, in those categories. And, you know, it's, it's not that complicated. And I think it's just, you know, this idea of creating momentum now is just kind of looking at, okay, where is the world shifting? I mean, here's a simple example. During the pandemic, nobody could get food, right? I mean, the grocery stores were, so the shelves were empty and there's panic buying. and We couldn't you know, get I, toilet rolls here in the UK. And pasta, no toilet rolls. You know, I was locked into my house for like eight weeks so there was, nobody was going to restaurants, right? So there's a local, yeah. a rancher, right? Guy that has cattle. He couldn't make his, his steaks for the restaurants because nobody was going to the restaurants. So here's what he did. He, he got a mailing list. He sent an email to everybody in this county. And he said, I will bring steaks to you. Brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. It's a yeah. B2B business. You know, what's the problem he's solving? People aren't going to restaurants. They can't get meat. They can't go out of their houses. I'll bring my meat to them. Yeah. Boom. But that desire to still have a restaurant experience hasn't gone away. They just can't fulfill it. So if you can find yeah. another way to fulfill that for them, yeah. That's it's, right. So it's, 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 just, it's just getting out of your rut yeah. and, and not ignoring all the opportunities that are, that are going on around you. And I think lockdown saw some brilliant ideas come out from yeah. some really innovative small businesses, yeah. but equally saw some businesses who just went, oh, this is bad for us, poor us, you know, we're losing all this business and yeah. just kind of sat there and, and took it on the chin, which was a real disappointment as Waiting well. But, blow over. I mean, look at the boom in um, subscription boxes right. and then like selling to the corporate market to send to their employees as like a little welfare package or a party in a box when they have their monthly meeting or their annual sales conference over Zoom or whatever. It's just genius, isn't it? Yeah. And also, I don't, I don't want to sort of minimize the true suffering that's been out there. I mean, there have been lots of businesses that just, they you know, there was no option, right? And either they've been in decline. So, I mean, I, I just want to acknowledge that I'm not, you know, minimizing that or, 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 or blaming anybody. But I'm also saying we need to look at the world uh, in a new way because there are a lot of new seams opening for businesses. Yeah. And do you think perhaps society was going this way anyway? The pandemic, the pandemic just kind of accelerated us on oh, that 100%. path. Oh, 100%. 
absolutely. I mean, the pandemic, I mean, things that we thought would be happening 10 years from now uh, are happening now. And, and mm. of course, you know, the one that's most obvious is the whole remote working idea. And, and the reason it never worked before is because, you know, companies, what, what had they invested in? Office space. They hadn't invested in the technology and the support services to make remote working really, you know, really happen. Now they've invested in it for some companies and for some employees. It's a core competency now. They've learned how to do it really well. And so, you know, that part of the world is never going to go back. It's never going to change you know, in fact, it's starting new trends about people saying, you know, I'm not doing this 35 minute commute every day anymore. I'm not having that stress anymore. I like being home. I, I like working in my, you know, pajamas or whatever. Or I can live where I want now. I can go and live by the coast or That's right. in another country or, or what yeah. have you. Just Wi-Fi needs to catch up because uh, we've yeah, been abroad. Places, yeah. You know, even in this country, sometimes it's just not good enough to do your work. Yeah, and you get somewhere and you, you know you've got certain things that you need to do and you try and find the Wi-Fi in the space that you're at. And, yeah, but there are lots of places that are, are, yeah. are really good now. So Wi-Fi is always know. stressful <laughs> Yeah, yeah. When, you're, when you're not at home. Yeah, come a long way, though. <laughs> I remember when uh, I had my first marketing job. Um, so I was like 21, something like that. And I worked for a, a private health insurance company. And we had one computer on a spare desk and it was my job as the marketing assistant to log on to it every day and uh, have a look at our website, which was just a load of numbers to type in. And you had to just do dial up and you could hear the and just check out the <laughs> website every day and any inquiries on it. That just seems mad now, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I remember my, one of my old bosses in recruitment um, said, if you can show me a way where computers are going to make this better, then we'll get on board. <laughs> my boss refused to do email, you know, back in the early, early days. And then finally, his boss called him up and said, how come you're not responding to my emails? <laughs> and my boss said, well, I want everything in writing. I want everything in paper. And so now he's got on email. He went on email because his boss was demanding that he did it. But I can literally tell you why I'm here with you today is because I, when I was in my early marketing days, I was sort of stuck in my career and my boss wasn't going anywhere. And I thought, okay, what's going on? What am I going to do next? And the internet was beginning. So I thought, I looked at it, I said, this is really cool. I think there's going to be some huge business opportunities here. So I went to my boss and I said, I want to get an AOL account and put it on my expense account. After much debate over how this was such a big waste of money, he agreed to do it. And I was the first person at this Fortune 100 company with an internet account. Two years later, I'm doing all this stuff. The company wakes up and decides, oh, we need to be in e-business. <laughs> Who should run this? Oh, Mark, you've done this internet thing longer than anybody else. You are our new director of e-business. And so I, you know, all, now I had digital marketing, had CRM. Why? It's the same thing we're talking about. The exact same thing we're talking about, right? I saw a seam. The internet was starting. But I, mm. it wasn't just an idea. I pursued the idea. I wouldn't be talking to you today if I hadn't forced the issue with my boss, got the AOL account, learned how to use it, 
came up with ideas how to buy and sell products more effectively on the internet for our company, had successes, you know, became a star. Company rewarded me, gave me this job, grew a global team, had all the success, decided to go out on my own. That's why you're talking to me today. Would you count yourself as an early adopter then? Well, normally, no. Right now, I mean, I'm I'm too busy to be the person who experiments on everything. You know, I'm, I'm a fast follower. I'll let everybody else do all the reviews. I mean, I don't have patience for that. But in those days, I was definitely an early adopter. And my company became a true pioneer of e-commerce. Even before Facebook was created, we were creating customer order portals all over the world, Russia, China, South America, you know, all over the country. In some instances, we had to install computer terminals at our customers' locations because they didn't have computers. We were way ahead of our time. I didn't know we were so far ahead of our time because I just had my head down doing the work. But, you know, now looking back, people who worked for me back then said, do you realize how ahead of our time we were. We, Great times. We, we were pioneering. We were. We were pioneering. Mm. So two questions we always ask all of our guests. And the first one is, because we're the Get Savvy Club, what makes you savvy? I think what makes me savvy is that I'm humble. I think that's a key personality trait of a successful marketer today. If anybody thinks they're an expert, then it's over. The world is changing so fast today. Mm. You need to be humble. You need to be a student. You need to be open to ideas. You need to be an urgent learner. And I think having that mindset has kept me savvy in my field. Yeah. And it's that old attitude some people have of, no, I've tried that before. It didn't work. And actually, well, that was then. This is now. It doesn't mean things don't work. Yeah. And what always blows my mind is, you know, you get people, and it's usually the more academic people that this happens to, is they will go through um, school and they'll get all their education and then they'll get the degree. Maybe they're going to be an architect, say. So they do all the hard work that you need to do to become an architect. That's years, like seven years you have to go like at uni to become an architect. And then they are an architect and then they stop. Like they literally, it's almost maybe they've forgot, like they've done all their learning throughout the school or whatever. They've had enough and they're there. Then they don't learn anything else around what they do. And you you find that a lot, don't you, with people? And if I think if you, it's better to be a student like for life at a level than it is to power and get get that thing and then feel that you've you've achieved it and you've made it. Because as soon as you think that, like you say, expert, they're an expert, they can draw houses that then become into fruition but then they're they're missing a trick in lots of other ways as well so much as changing in marketing is that you you better like to learn or you're not gonna Mm. you're not gonna make it (laughs) yeah exactly and the second question is to recommend a book so a development book a marketing book a business book something our readers can win yeah i mean there's a number of books that i've always liked one kind of recent one is The Context Marketing Revolution by Matthew Sweezy. Now, it's it's a pretty deep book, but it's the only business book I've read in the last 10 years that when I finished reading it, I started reading it again because it's that, it's, it's a deep book. It's an important book. I also love Small Data by Martin Lindstrom. Martin is just such a great thought leader. Um, you know, he's one of my marketing heroes in the world today. And he has a great crystal ball. And the thing I love about Martin is he he doesn't get caught up in a lot of the hype of the trendy things. Small data is really about some of the things we talked about today is paying attention to small things 
small ideas that become big trends. And so Small Data is one of my favorite recent books. I'll have to check that out. I love it when it's uh, ones we haven't heard of before. I feel really bad when somebody says someone that, one that we've heard of. I feel like I'm almost like rolling my eyes. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know that one. But obviously our listeners don't. But both of those, I haven't heard of either of those. So, and, and, and anybody that reads the book and then rereads it again, you know that's a, a good book. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a good book, well, well worth reading. So, what's the big plans for you then moving forward? What's the what have you got? I mean, I'm assuming you're getting speaking gigs back now. Are you getting back? I mean, how much do you think you'll go back to how you were before, or do you think are you are you liking a lot of this being at home stuff, or do you want to get back out on yeah, the road? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a that's a great question. Um, you know, it, it's it's I'm in a transition for sure because I did a speaking gig in. Uh, Las Vegas a few weeks ago. And that's a long trip from my home in Tennessee. So, you know, and then you go through the airports and you're wearing a mask all the time. Yeah. And, you know, then the plane's delayed and it's just like, why am I doing this? Why? I mean, what am I doing? So it's sort of like, I thought I would want to go back to it and now I'm not so sure. And I do enjoy some of that. Because I'll tell you something, I'm tired of talking to a little green dot. <laughs> <laughs> I love being in front of an audience and, and hearing them react and seeing them laugh and having them ask questions. Yeah. And, and the energy in the room. Them, the energy, you know. Yeah. So, so, so I do miss that. I really do. I miss that. Um, but, um, you know, but, but let's put it this way. Right now half of my revenue is coming from projects that didn't exist before the pandemic. It's finding those seams, right? It's just finding, finding new opportunities. So I'm creating, you know, creating new things, pushing into new areas. And, and enjoying uh, them too, you know, areas that you are enjoying being in. Yeah. So I'm in, I'm in transition. I, I'm not, I don't have a clear view. I mean, I'm not ready to say I'm not going to travel anymore because I enjoy some of it, but um, I'm definitely I'm definitely in transition. <laughs> yeah, be picky. Less is more. Do the ones yeah. you really want to do. Go mm -hmm. to the places you really want to go to. Because yeah, I forgot about masks. You know. Yeah, but I am. But one of the things I'm creating actually could be relevant to you and your listeners is that I have an, a, a, a marketing retreat here in Ooh. America. And people in Europe have begged me for years to do one in Europe. So I'm going to do an uprising marketing retreat limited to 30 people at Slane Castle in Ireland in September of this year. Ooh. Lovely. So how did you pick that venue then? Have you been over to Ireland? Well, I have a good friend who lives in Ireland and she's been scouting places for me. And she said, I think this is the place. Because I said, look, if we're going to have a retreat, it's got to be in a castle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, it's going to be epic, right? I want an epic setting. I want epic food. We're going to have epic people. And we're going to talk about the future of marketing. It's like what we talked about, right? Every conference I go to, it's about how do we do a little bit better on our Facebook ads? How do mm -hmm. we do a little bit better at that? In two years, we're not even going to recognize marketing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We need to be figuring that out now. We need to be talking about that now. We need to figure out how are we going to be relevant in our careers and stay relevant and be leaders 
That's what the uprising is about. Coming to Slane Castle in Ireland, September 2022. If you're enjoying Marketing Made Easy, the podcast from Get Savvy Club, use your podcast app to rate, review and subscribe. Awesome. So that was good. I think what's really interesting is um, talking to people who do marketing from, you know, so far away. And like we say in the podcast, the fundamentals of marketing don't change wherever you live, whatever kind of era you're doing it in, um, you know, understanding your ideal client is still important in everything you do and um, you know looking at things from a custom point of view is really important in everything you do and I think essentially that's what that whole interview boils down to doesn't it you know whether you wrap it up in different terminology and you know fancy phrasing and do it on a corporate level or whether you're just running your little business and you know making enough money to have a nice life with your family that's that's the essence understand who you're selling to and uh frame things from their perspective because that's what's going to appeal to them uh, what, I, what i liked about him was really his business model was not the best was it when the pandemic hit and he did actually have to just go oh crap because he like i said he, he'd got covid and then all of a sudden all the the things that he'd been doing because no one could really see this coming but i guess now moving forward we're all going to be a bit one eye on what could happen maybe or be a bit bit more ready for this sort of thing spread ourselves again. this is where people get confused i think when we talk about um multiple streams of income or 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 things like this is or, or when we talk about have a niche people think oh but i need to have all these different things going on because otherwise what happens if one stops and things when actually no you have your niche but different ways of delivering that niche so it's no good maybe he was getting loads of money from his speaking events and then the speaking stopped because of obviously covid and things um and his consultancy work stopped and then and he'd had covid himself so he woke up after a month of like having covid loads of his income streams had stopped um so it's about really i think um i liked how he picked himself up and had a look at the market and went out and created something new in it and actually survived and, and kept moving on with that um, and I think that's a lesson for us all to or something for us all to kind of have in the back of our mind a little bit is to think if you only do one-to-one and if that stopped one day what else would you do so always have different ways of bringing your products and services to the market I guess but earlier today I couldn't find a pen I've got one now it's the IDO number IDO awards we never won that award did we Anna Somebody was accused of not being in, interested in our coaching call because she was looking at her phone. She said, I can't find a pen, I'm writing They this. both go to me, Anita <laughs> and, the, and the mentor go, you're not, you're not on board with this, are you? I was like, I'm making notes on my phone, actually. But equally, I wasn't really interested. <laughs> no, you weren't. <laughs> oh, you do have like a pursed lips look. So I can read your face now. Oh, just a bit. Oh, I just wanted to move on from that subject. Do you know any of that? You just think, let them carry on. Let just move on from that. <laughs> we're only paying like i mean it's not cheap come on guys let's get on to something a bit more interesting anyway i was on board and i was making notes but so it did make me look i wasn't interested but it made me look extra uninterested because i was making notes on my phone about the thing that i was uninterested in so disinterested double down so social media the idea of social media is to advertise ourselves and to build no like and trust so in the same way when you do offline marketing um, you don't just walk into that networking meeting every week and say, hi, I sell pens. I've got a pen here myself. Um, I sell pens, you want to buy a pen? And then if you go and get a coffee and someone says, hi, do you go, hi, I sell pens, want to buy a pen? I've got blue, I've got black, I've got red. And then you go over to the breakfast counter and you pick some sausages and someone goes, oh, those sausages look nice. And you go, I sell pens, do you want to buy one? You don't do that. <laughs> It'd be weird, wouldn't it? And people would soon avoid you. <laughs> Might try that one day. Networking it's the exact same. <laughs> 
on social media. So, yeah, you know, ignore those um, negative Normans who say... I think the question here, because it's linked around to LinkedIn, is because we know of it originally, it started out more a professional network, didn't it? So that's, I think, even more so people think, oh, should I just stick to business chat? But you know, don't we? Obviously, it makes you boring. You, yeah, if you're at work, you don't just talk about business, do you? No, in fact, I rarely talked about business. I used to get into trouble quite often (laughs) talking about rubbish. Um, So, yeah, those watercolour moments. And they're the things that, you know, in work, uh, I, as you know, always worked in marketing and, you know, we didn't have products our job in marketing was to market whatever the product the business is so we always needed to work with other departments and so my job is to build relationships with those departments because then when I wanted to have information from them or get them to check something or whatever it's they did it because they knew me they liked me they trusted me and they went oh yeah I'll do that for you and even if I went god I'm really late with this one could you turn this around in half an hour yeah fine because you've built that relationship so that's what you're trying to do on LinkedIn and that means unfortunately talking about yourself sometimes which it can be hard to do but give it ago just put one post out today or tomorrow and say um here's my story I started out doing this and now I do this and here's why I love it and here's you know what I do in my spare time just do that just be brave take a big deep breath um and do that and just I guarantee you'll get the most engagement on that that you've had in any of your posts if you're just going out with sales posts don't just talk about business on linkedin is your answer there and if you want to win the copy of the book that mark recommended which i can't remember what it the was. context yeah. marketing revolution yeah, by said he read it Matthew twice, sweezy and then another one called small data by martin oh, yeah. storm or something like yeah that, that yeah. small data one sounds good yeah just yeah. simply screenshot this episode and um put it on social media and tag us in and you can be in with the shouts of winning that one so do it you never know you might win and we'll see you on the next episode which will probably be a savvy quickie See you all soon. Bye. That was Marketing Made Easy, the podcast from Get Savvy Club. If you enjoyed it, connect with us on social media. Just search Get Savvy Club.